you, Lord. Well, it's great to worship the Lord, and it doesn't matter if we're in, in the church or in our house. We can still worship the Lord. And I want to encourage you to, as the time over the next number of weeks, over the next number of months, keep worshiping the Lord in your own house. Well, I want to get into the Word of God this morning. And if you've got your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew 5, 14 to 16? And you know that I've been talking from the beginning of the year about what it means to be a city on a hill, what it means to be a light on the darkness. And my title today in, in part of that series is Open Your Eyes, The Fields Are Ripe to Harvest. Open Your Eyes, The Fields Are Ripe for Harvest. And Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says this, You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In fact, we could change that a little bit to say, instead of the house, put community to everybody in the community, in the city. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Always got to remember, it's not about us, it's about Him. He makes us look good so we can glorify Him. Since the beginning of the year, I've been asking how you've been getting on being a city on a hill, being light to everybody that you come across in your community. And being a city on a hill, being light in the darkness means we need to be looking out for our city, that we need to be praying for our city. And, and I want to encourage you that in these days that we need to pray, and in fact today is a national day of prayer. And if you get a few moments today, would you put a few moments aside just to pray for our country, pray for our nation? I don't know if you like Boris or not. I'm, I'm not bothered if you like Boris or not. We are called to pray for the peoples in power. Would you pray for his wisdom and the cabinet? Would you pray that our nation would be healed? Would you pray that this is a time that this nation will respond to Jesus in the way that it should respond? That's the least we can do. If we're a city on a hill, if we are light in the darkness, we need to be speaking life into our community, into our city. We need to be sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Because it's the good news. It's Jesus that changes things. It's Jesus that can change our communities. It's Jesus that can change a nation in an instant. And I want to say, if we're a city on a hill, if we're light in the darkness, how have you got on this week blessing our community and our city? And if you've not been doing it, now is the time to step up. Now is the time to step up and look out. Now is the time to really pray. Now is the time to speak life. Now is the time to speak Jesus into our city. Now is the time to bless like you have never blessed before. I know that we're in unfamiliar times. But I believe this, that this is an amazing opportunity for God's kingdom to advance, for the local church to advance. You see, I want to remind you in all this that's going on, that God is in control. That Jesus is still on the throne. Over the last few weeks, I've talked about and referenced Alan Scott's book, Scattered Servants. If you haven't got it, I would advise you in these times, get it. Because this will really help you to understand what it means to, to be light in the darkness, in, in a world that needs Jesus. And when I talk about being scattered servants, I want to remind you that it's been commissioned from here, but it's also been full of the Holy Spirit. Not going off and being a maverick, not going off and doing your own thing, but going out from the blessing of the home, blessing of the church, blessing of the pastor, and making a difference for his kingdom. Because then when we gather back together, that as we've been scattered, that people are added, that people have been transformed, that people have been changed. We've got to understand what it means to live in the mission of being scattered servants, because now we are scattered. We can't come together. And the devil wants this for harm. But I believe you hear in Joseph that actually God wants to bring good out of this. And I don't know how good can come out of this, but I'm praying that a nation will change and repent its ways here. 
that this would be a, a great opportunity for things to be reset. And God do something amazing. Mark Pugh, a fantastic leader and a godly man in Elam, wrote this on his Facebook page the other day. And I mentioned this in church just the other week. And I want to mention it again because it's worth saying again. A church is not defined by how well it gathers, but how well it scatters. But I believe this is a defining moment for the scattered church across the nation. Let's do it. This is what I believe. What he says is so true. This is our time to shape a community, to shape a city for the better. In my quiet time with the Lord, I've been working and reading through John. And I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me and put this on my heart to speak around the following passage today. In John 4, and we'll get there in a minute. But let me just talk on a side note about your quiet time. This is the time to get your quiet time right with the Lord. The time when you have to self-isolate. The time that you can't go into work. The time that you can't go out of your house. This is the time to get your quiet time right with the Lord. Because through our quiet time, through the Word of God, God wants to speak through you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to give you wisdom. Maybe He's trying to get our attention. This is a great time. Don't let your quiet time not become a priority now. Your walk with Jesus is important, certainly as we're isolated and we're, and we're away. In John 4, we see that Jesus is meeting and, and giving freedom to the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And this is how the story goes. Let me just backfill it a little bit. So he's seen the Samaritan. He shouldn't be going there. He should have gone a different route. But Jesus has a different plan. He will go wherever he needs. He will touch whoever he needs if he needs to get in contact and change your life. You're not out of his grip this morning. And we see that the disciples have gone off to get food. And they catch up with Jesus. He's just finished with the Samaritan woman and they're a little bit... Bit taken back that he's meeting with this Samaritan woman, but nobody asked the question. And they're, and they're concerned, Master, have you got any food? You, you need to eat. And this is where I want to pick it up in the scripture, in John 4, 30 to 38, if you've got your Bibles. They came out of the town, this is the disciples, and made their way towards him. This was Jesus. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? You can imagine it, can't you? Who brought him it then? I don't know. Who brought him it? But it goes on to say this. But he said to them, I've, 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 I've food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? He said this, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. And May God add his blessing unto his work. This is what I felt the Lord was saying as I, as I read that scripture. That in this time, not only do we need to feed people physically, which is important, and, and as a church, I commend you, we have been doing that. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just to give you a bit of a quick notice, is that we're going to have a, a table set in the entrance hall and we're going to do sandwiches between the 10 and 12. You can get a coffee. Dave and Tom and a few of the others are going to run that. But it's important that in this time that we feed, that we help our neighbour. But... The reality is we need to be giving people food where they will never go hungry again. 
We need to be sharing Jesus. We need to be giving the good news. Jesus is the food that the community and the city need. They might not know that, but Jesus is the food that the community and the city need. When Jesus is in you, your appetite will always be full. Not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, in a fulfillment sense, in a sense... Oh, you're so full of Jesus that nothing in the room matters. Nothing else matters. Things like worry, anxiety, sin, or the things that we put in our lives to find worth and value. If Jesus is bang in the centre of your life, he will fulfil all the appetite. You will never go hungry with Jesus in your life. With Jesus in your life, you have no time for the things I've mentioned. In fact, you're so full There isn't any space for anything else. No worry, no anxiety, no whatever, having self-worth issues or value. Because Jesus gives you all the value and worth that you need. And more. If you're full to the brim of Jesus, Jesus will not only keep us full, but he will overspill into people's lives that we come across. It's important that we are full of Jesus. If we're going to bring change to a community and to a city, We've got to be full of Jesus. And as we're full of Jesus, that overflow will minister into people's lives. We can't make a difference for the kingdom of God unless he's overflowing. But we have to be filled with him first. He has to be in our lives. If you're listening or you're watching and don't know Jesus, I want to say this very clearly this morning. He wants to get to know you. He wants to live in you. He wants to live out of you. He wants to give you a life that you've never experienced before. You just need to invite him in with a simple prayer, which later we'll we'll put on at the end of the screen. If you think you've got no future or things are a mess, Jesus can change that in an instant. With Jesus, we'll have so much worth and value, you, you won't be able to cope anymore. And I'm not saying this because this is what the right thing to say. I know this because this is an experience in my own life that I'm overflowing with Jesus. And as I overflow with Jesus, I can face tomorrow. And you can face tomorrow. And we can get through this as a nation if we put Jesus to the centre of what we are and who we are. This is what I believe. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. I honestly believe that in all of us, we want to know real love. That in all of us, we want to know real hope. In a world that can be loveless, in a world that can be hopeless. And, And it feels like we're in a hopeless situation at the moment. With Jesus in your life, you will know real love. And what it means to have real hope. Hmm. I want to ask you this this morning. In a world where you have tried everything and it's not working, maybe it's time that you tried Jesus. Once you've tried Jesus, you won't be disappointed. He specialises in making your life work for the better. He takes messy situations and he can restore families. He can restore marriages. He can sort your finances out. He certainly can get us through this coronavirus. Because he's right at the centre of who we are. And he can be right to the centre of your life. He wants to make you be better, bring good out of you, give you a hope, give you a future. You see, maybe my words have been challenging so far this morning. Maybe you need to respond to what I'm saying. Not to me, but responding to the call of Jesus to be in your life. You've tried things and it doesn't keep going the way that you want it. Trust me, when you try Jesus, things will change. Your life will change. He will make a massive difference. You've just got to invite him in. And I will give you that opportunity later. Maybe you want to take a moment to invite him in now and it's a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, 
Would you come into my life? Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me for the things I've done wrong, the places where I've missed the mark, and, and I need you to come in to be my saviour, to lead me, to guide me? Forgive me in Jesus' name. It's that simple. But let me move on. In verse 35, it says this, the second part. It's still four months until harvest. Now, when I was reading in my quiet time, when I was looking at this, I wasn't in my quiet time to try and find a sermon. I just felt God put this on my heart and I needed to share it. That it might take four months before this country is clear of the virus, before this country is back on its knees in some normality, whatever normality is. But I believe this passionately. That this is a season that the church, God's kingdom, will take huge amounts of ground off the enemy. Are you hearing me? That this is a time, this is an opportunity where we're going to take lots of ground off the enemy. And it's, we're going to become God's ground. This is the time. And in four months we will see the fruit of that across our nation. And more importantly, in the context of where we live, we will see that fruit in this community and in the city of Sunderland. But you see, if we're going to see this harvest... If we're going to see people respond, we just can't sit back and expect it. A good farmer will tell you, if you're going to receive a harvest, you will need to put the work in. If you want to see a harvest as a church, we really need to get hold of what it means to be living in this mission as scattered servants. If we want to see fruit in our community, if we want to see fruit in our church, we've got to get hold of being scattered servants. I can't express that enough this morning. As we're out doing God's business, that he's bringing change and seeds are being planted and, and things are going into people's lives that are ready to explode in, in, in four months' time. Let me ask you this. For all of us, me included, what kind of harvest do you want to see in four months' time? In your own life, in the church, in this community, in this city. You see, our harvest will be determined by how much work we put in now. If we're not prepared to work, if we're not prepared to get our sleeves rolled up, if we're not prepared to love our neighbour as God has called us to, let's not be surprised that we're not going to receive the harvest in our lives that we're looking for. In fact, it might seem quite empty, a bit of a drought. But if we put the work in, if we love God and love people, and that's one of our big mission things here, if we really act that out as scattered servants, let's not be surprised when we're going to see a bounty of harvest as well. But we've got to prepare ourselves and we've got to position ourselves for what God is going to do. I'm excited by what God is going to do through his people, through us, through the church in the next few months. I'm excited what he's going to do to change lives. But let's not forget the next part of the verse. So we see in the middle of, of verse 35, it says this, and, and I'm excited about what God's going to do in the next four months, but we can't forget the ne next part of this verse. This is what it says. It says, I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. In the midst of the unknown, in, in the midst of things that are going on in our country and, and not knowing what's coming tomorrow, if only we lift up our heads. If only we lift up our eyes. And if we lift up our heads and our eyes, there's actually a harvest that needs to be brought in now. 
Right now, as we speak, there's people that want to give their life to Jesus. There's people that want to have their hands laid on and, and be changed by this man called Jesus and be healed. In the midst of sadness, Jesus will bring out joy. We're going through a lot of sadness. We're going through a lot of mourning as a country. Personally, we're walking through some stuff. We're struggling with if our work's going to come in, if we're going to get money, how do we hold our families? How do we look after them? How do we do whatever? But in the midst of sadness, Jesus will bring joy. He will turn our mourning into dancing again. In fact, some of you are going to think I'm strange. I'm getting an urge now to break into the Ron Canoli song. And if you don't know Ron Canoli, Google him. But he sings this song, you turn my mourning into dancing. You've lifted my sorrows. I can't stay silent. I must sing for the joy that has come. It's a great song. I'd recommend that you Google it, especially in isolation. It's an old one, but it's a good one. But do you know what? Ron Canoli didn't write it. He didn't pen those words. David wrote those words in Psalm 30. He's turned my mourning into dancing again. He's lifted my sorrow. I can't stay silent. I must sing for his joy to come. I've experienced mourning in my life and I've experienced the joy of God in my life. When I was walking through a divorce that got very messy in my first marriage, I was so dark and so struggling and so desperate. I didn't know what to do. I, I thought it was all over. But in that morning, after time, God brought joy back into my life. When my brother died at 29, leaving a young family, we were in serious mourning and to a degree we are still in mourning. But there's days that he has brought the joy back into our lives. What about bring it closer to home? Just a few years ago, I nearly lost my middle son, Reuben. And we were right in the depths. We were clinging on to God with everything that we had. But I can assure you that in the morning, in the sorrow, where there was no joy, God showed up. God showed up and he brought joy. And my boy Reuben, he's alive and he's well today. And, and that's not me making up stories. Those three incidents, I was mourning, my families were mourning, but God brought joy. Jesus brought joy. And he's going to do that for our nation. He's going to bring joy to you. He's going to bring joy to your family. I know what it is to have my mourning turned into joy. And because of that, I, I can't stay silent. In fact, I want to shout about Jesus from the rooftops. Through this uncertain time, what I'm convinced about is that Jesus will turn our nation, our communities from mourning into joy, back into dancing again. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> the now harvest is the seeds we've planted. Maybe that others have planted, that maybe others have watered. In the midst of the unknown, there's going to be a, a plenty of joy in dancing. Why? Because there's going to be people who are going to give their lives to Jesus because you're going to respond to what it means to be in this scattered servant. There's going to be people that on our streets are going to be full of certain sicknesses and they're going to be healed because you've laid hands on them. Not me as a pastor, but you've laid hands on them. There's going to be marriages that are desperate and they're not sure how they're going to continue from this moment. But by the end of this four months, because you've prayed for them, because you've sat with them, these marriages are going to be restored. There's families that are fighting each other over certain things that happened many years ago. As you pray, as you speak into that, as you ask for wisdom, as you act as scattered servants, these families are going to get restored. And when God restores, he restores better than it was before. There's a verse about the, the, he restore the years that the locusts have stolen. Not just restore, the devil has to give more back and some, and some, and some, and some. 
The day is coming. God is going to restore more than what the devil has taken. And as we take the ground off the enemy, the more God's going to restore. The more God's going to repair. The more God is going to heal. Are you still with me this morning? Because I'm getting excited. And I'm excited because he's a God who can show up. He's a God who can make a difference in the midst of, of chaos and, 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 her, and, and, and being in that place where we're feeling vulnerable. You see, Jesus turned that woman at the well's life from mourning and sorrow into dancing and joy. And because of that, she couldn't stop talking about Jesus. She shouted it from the rooftops. The verse, if you read it, goes on to say, she went back to the town and she told everybody, come and see a man that's told me everything that I've ever done. And come and see a man that not only knows what I've done, but he says, there's a future for me. You're set free. And that's what he wants to do with you this morning. In the church, if you're not in the church, Jesus can set you free this morning. He's not a respecter of people. Right at the beginning of Matthew 5, going back to being a city on a hill, light to all. It says this, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You see, when we become scattered servants, when we are working into our communities, loving our neighbours, how God wants us to love us, things are going to change. I've already talked about marriages. I'm talking about businesses that are on their knees, are going to be back up on and running as well as they could be. People are going to be healed. People are going to get saved. Do you know what? They won't be able to stay silent. They'll be shouting Jesus from the rooftop, just like the woman at the well. Why? Because you've decided to live missionally. You've decided to live as a scattered servant and be light in the darkness. They won't be able to stay silent. The woman at the well became the town evangelist. There'll be people on your streets who'll be evangelizing and shouting for Jesus all over. I'm praying there'll be a tsunami of God doing something new across our community, across our streets and the places that we live. In the name of Jesus. A farmer will tell you when it's time to harvest, you need to harvest. Because if we don't harvest, the thing's going to die. The seed's going to go off. The the thing's going to go rotten. In fact, when it comes to harvesting, we can't harvest when it suits us. There comes a time when we have to harvest. And there's people in our lives, in our families, in our friends' circles who need picking right now. Who need picking right now. The time for planting the seed and watering has passed in this uncertain time. It's time that you got bold. It's time that you started asking the crucial questions, asking them if they wanted to come to know Jesus. This is the time that we really need to help them get over the line. Don't be shy now about spreading your gospel. I had some really sad news literally today before I started this message. Life is too short. Don't leave it till tomorrow. Ask them the critical question about coming to Jesus. Share your testimony and let the love of Jesus do over from there. And I just want to finish with this, that there is no greater time, there is no greater opportunity to be a city on a hill, to be light to all in the community, to be scattered servants that God has created us to be. I want to remind you that the church isn't the building. The church is the people. Together we can do this. Together we are strong and together we'll be victorious with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Father, let your word come alive in us. Lord, if there's something by your Holy Spirit that you've prompted within us, Lord, not let us just be hearers, but let us be doers 
of the word, I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've actually come to an end of where I want to go today. But together we can do this. With Jesus as our anchor. I believe that when we come back together in fellowship, when we come back whenever that is, that we're going to be stronger than we've ever been. Not just as New Springs, as the church in general. Get used to that seat that you used to sit in is no longer going to be available because your neighbour's going to be sitting in that seat. Don't get offended because somebody's sitting in your area of the church. That's all going to change because we're going to see a fruit like we've never seen before. But the church, not the building, the church, the scattered servants are going to do that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to end our service right there. Hopefully you can connect through the way we're doing social media. We'll try and get some CDs out if you can't get a word or you can't get an internet connection. But stay connected. Stay in touch. We're here for you. What you're going to see on the screen in a few moments is it's a reminder of how you can do giving. And then also at the end, there's going to be a prayer that you can say to Jesus if you want to give your life to him. And if you've given your life to Jesus this morning, please get in touch. So I want to send you some literature. I want to speak to you on the phone. I want to help you in this new journey that you've got with Jesus. Be blessed. Till next time. <laughs>